You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, you know, I, I was praying a lot today and just looking at some things. And, uh, uh, you know, many times as we go through things, we think about things, we, we work, we have effort and believing and praying and talked to a lot of different people today who've called me <laughs> and asking about, you know, what are we going to do concerning the results and everything else and what do you think is going to happen and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> the good thing about it is we may not know all things, but we know the one who knows all things. <laughs> and I just said, I just looked at him and said, God, you know. It's kind of like, and I kind of go back to Ezekiel. Remember, the Lord came to Ezekiel and he said, can, can these bones live? And, and what did Ezekiel say? Lord, you know. Lord, you know. I said, Lord, you know. You know. I mean, uh, we don't want to be like F- Philip was when Jesus said, hey, let's feed them. And Philip said, what do you mean we can't feed them? We don't have enough. We don't. I mean, 200 penny worth of bread, which, I mean, a whole year's salary couldn't be enough to feed all of these folks. He was looking at everything he's seeing. And Ezekiel just said, Lord, you know. Lord, you know. And so that just came up today. Lord, you know. Lord, you know. You know, you know what's going on, you know. But let me just share something that I do know. By the Spirit of God, I do know that we win. I do know that God's grace is going to continue to go forth. I do know that the power of God is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen? Uh, You know, uh, we've been sharing a lot of things and talking about a lot of things. And this particular verse here in in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures, then I'm going to jump over and and, and start my message here. Because, you know, how many of you know we're at a point of no return? How you know that we are at a point where we're not going back, we're not backing up, we're not shutting up, we're not stopping, we're not, we're going to keep going forward no matter what. We are going to let God be God, Amen. And uh, we're going to declare, we're going to go, and, and we know that that uh, uh, you know, no matter what, God's for us, and uh, we don't care who's against us. We love people. We're going to reach out and love them and care for them. But we're going to just preach the gospel, and we're going to let God fight our battles. Amen. We're going to let God fight our battles. Hallelujah. And the Lord's been reminding me of a lot of things. Because see, you know, when I was, and many of you, if you've been here for years, you know, that I mean, I pastored in the inner city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, now that's like pastoring in, in the toughest, but it's like pastoring in, 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 in Watts or Compton or all those things there. I pastored in a war zone in the 80s between the Crips and the Bloods, okay, where there was a war zone where people were fighting and killing and, and all kinds of things. I mean, it was when our first service, there was a gang fight out front and guys pushing guards because back then they were fighting with clubs and knives and weren't using guns too much, you know, uh, they were just beating their, so it was, it was just something out of West Side Story. It was crazy, you know, and we had people coming and doing, you know, our first Sunday morning service, some lady came in to the front door in the front of our thing and, and, and went to the bathroom right there. That was, a, that was a greeting for the first Sunday. I thought, this is a great place to be. We're good. They arrested 150 people, you know, 75 feet from our church for drugs and all kinds of crazy, you know, I was running a rescue mission three feet from the gates of hell, okay, and we opened up shop. I mean, right next door to us was a beer distributor, and all, right next door on this side was a funeral home, and we were the only three businesses in town. So you got the church, you got the funeral home, and you got the liquor store. Praise God, we're good. Okay? 
And uh, so it's exciting. And there were so many things going on. But I remember the Lord began to deal with me and share with me how we began to see God move and manifest. And uh, one of the greatest things is we had the fear of God in the people around us. Because we allowed the fear of God. We allowed what God to say and what God to do. And it wasn't something on us. It was just God. Hey, listen, God called us. We're here and we're here to stay. And I can gladly say that church is still there and it's still there to stay. Amen. We see things and know things, but God's just really been speaking. He said, you remember when this happened and these things different, he's giving me all kinds of different, you know, scenarios. He said, but you remember all you did was say, well, God, you fight my battles. He said, did I not fix it? When you said, I said, yes, you did. You took care of everything. Amen. You handled it. And I can tell you, God can handle it. Amen. God can handle it. How do you know when you tell the world no and you tell God yes, he does it? Amen. And he reminded me of some things. I remember we were trying to borrow some money to fix up our building. Our building was a five-story high building. It was 26,000 square feet. Just to give you an idea of how big that is, uh, you know, if you put this building and that building together, that's about 26,000 square feet and only was five stories high, what we had. And it was solid brick and we wanted to do some things and, and refix it all up. And so we went and we got with all these bankers and we got, you know, and they got with all their board and got my board together. And they told us, listen, if you would stop this, thing called tithing, if you stop this thing called missions, you probably wouldn't need our money. And right in the middle of that meeting, I stood up and I said, you know what? You're exactly right. We don't need your money. And my board members were like, what are you talking about? We need their money. I said, no, we don't need your money. We're done. This meeting's over. And, uh, and uh, that's the only time I kind of used I just said, we're done. And, and so the board said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to trust God. Watch what God can do. And God did. God brought it all in, paid everything off, did everything. And he did it just like he did for us here to get everything. You know, when you trust God, God does some things. Amen. And he does it in spite of you. Because if you ask me the question, how did it happen? Where did you get? I can't tell you. Same thing about here. Just God is so good. But here's something that we've all got to take on. Here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, uh, it says this out of the New King James, and then I'll read it out of the New Living. It says, for I, consider that, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. How many of you know that we are about to have some glory revealed in us? The New Living Translation says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I guarantee you there is going to be some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moments here. Hallelujah. When, they, you know, when Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to give you one more chance, or we're going to throw you in the fire, we're going to kill you, you're going to die. And, you know, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, we don't even, it's, it's easy to answer you. King, we're not afraid to answer you. Let me just tell you here, whether if you do that or not, whether you throw us in there or not, that's up to you. But let me just tell you, our God's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, it don't matter. We ain't never going to serve you. We ain't never going to serve those gods. We ain't never. And so they did. They took them and they made it seven times harder. We know that when they threw them in, the guys who threw them in died. And those three guys are down there walking around with a fourth man in the fire. You're going to see the miracle and the signs and wonders like we've never seen it before. Listen, folks, I believe that things are going to escalate and they're going to get even, even worse for the world. But for the church, if we'll stand and we'll stand strong and we'll not give in, God's going to do some supernatural things. But, but let's go down a little bit more in Daniel there because here's the other thing. Daniel read in the Word of God. We were talking about this coming in. There's, there's something from the Word of God where God wants us to do now. 
something that from God wants to speak to us, wants to share to us. He, there's something he wants to do right now. There's a word of the Lord, just like Daniel read in Jeremiah and said, wait a minute, we're supposed to be in captivity for 70 years. It's been longer than 70 years. Well, if, if God said we're supposed to be delivered after 70 years, why are we delivered? You know why? Because nobody asked. So Daniel set himself, and it only took one man. Daniel set himself to say, hey, let's do this. Amen? There's things in the word of God that God has set forth in motion for us. And now is the time for us to take hold and say, God, you said this. This needs to happen. Time's running out, so we need this to take place. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, it, 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 over in First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to, uh, you know... <clears throat> Glory to God. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, excuse me, not 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. And I'm going to read this as the reason I'm going to give this to you. And then I'm going to share some things and we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and that's where we'll start. I promise I'm going to get this thing done quickly. Hallelujah. It says, that is why we never give up. This is the New Living Translation, okay? In the King James it says, therefore we do not lose heart. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day, day and every day. Amen. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things which we see now will soon be gone, but the things which we cannot see will last forever. Amen? Amen. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 14 says this. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Verse 19 of that same chapter says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. And trust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. Amen. Amen. Now go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read something too here that I found, and I've read it to you before, but it was just when I was, this afternoon when I was looking at things and studying along these lines here. Because how many of you know that uh, things don't always go the way you think they should? And things can happen, and you think, man, and many times we quit too soon or we stop persevering. I mean, I think about all the things here. You know, it wasn't until I got out of the way and said, Lord, I, I give up. I'm going to send somebody else to talk to the, the landlord. As soon as I did that, man, God turned around and did everything. He wanted to make sure that I didn't get any glory, that I did, didn't have anything to do with it. And so it was good. If I'd have told him, I said, why didn't you tell me to do this 20-some years ago? It would have been a whole lot better. But it didn't work there. But anyways, this is a page from John Wesley's diary. Those of you who don't know who John Wesley, he was a preacher around uh, in the 1700s, 1800s there. And so he was preaching... And uh, he actually, John Wesley started the Methodist Church. And so John and Charles Wesley, and it's because it's, you know, Wesleyan, Wesleyan Methodist. And so he was just a man of God. But anyways, 
Here's a page from his diary in the late 1700s. Here's what he said. Sunday morning, May 5th, I preached in St. Anne's and was asked not to come back anymore. (laughs) Sunday night, that night, Sunday night, May 5th, I preached at St. John's and the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday, May 12th, that morning, I preached at St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday p.m., May 12th, I preached at St. George's, and they kicked me out there too. Sunday a.m., May 19th, I preached at somebody else's place, he said, but the deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Then Sunday p.m., May 19th, I preached on the street, and they kicked me off of the street. Sunday a.m., May 26th, I preached in a meadow, and I was chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday a.m., June 2nd, I preached out at the edge of town, and they kicked me off the highway. Dude's not having a good day. He's not having a good month, okay? Sunday night, June 2nd, the afternoon service, I preached in a pasture, and 10,000 people showed up. I thought, dude, you did good, man. I mean, he had a solid month of rejection. Solid month of get out of here, don't come. I mean, somebody turned the bull loose on him. Come on. Awesome. You know, and he's, he's, he's on the edge of town. Listen, I'm just out of town. And they kicked him off the highway. He said, nope, you can't even preach here. So then he went way out in the pasture. And 10,000 people showed up to hear him. You know, when we see things, same thing here. You know, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, the apostle Paul said something. Really, really cool. He said this, and actually in, in verse, verse, we're just beginning in verse one. And um, he said, I'm going to read out of the King James Version. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. And I'm going to read it to you out of the the New Living Translation. He said, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of of God. Now, let me just give you what happened to Paul before this happened. Let me just share where he preached before this took place. Because Paul, you know, was educated, very educated. He was a very smart guy, and he was doing things. But before this, here's what happened. Paul faced a lot of tough disappointments. Before going to preach at Corinth, he actually was in Antioch and Pisidian, and when he was there, he had a whole bunch of angry unbelievers that were coming against him, and they literally kicked him out, expelled him out of the city. And then he went and fleed to Iconia and was preaching there, and that mob ran him out. You remember? They just ran him out of town. They ran him out of town. Glory to God. And then he went to Lystra. And all of you remember what happened at Lystra? They took him out, and they stoned him, and it looked like he was dead, and God raised him up. 
They literally stoned him. They literally took rocks and hit him and beat on him. I mean, they did. Then he ended up, said, okay, so he went from Lystra to Philippi. Well, what happened at Philippi? He got beat up, thrown in prison, and flogged. He's having a good month, just like us. Some things are going on. Here's what's happening, you know, and we look at this. Then he goes, okay, he goes to Thessalonica, and then he has a whole bunch of violent criminals attack, and, and, and he gets kicked out of there. And then he goes to Athens. Hallelujah. Well, before that, he went to Berea, and they got mad and got upset, and they sent people from Thessalonica, came to Berea, and, and he got assaulted and kicked them out of there. Then he went to Athens, and he got mocked by all the philosophers. So by the time Paul gets to Corinth, he's like, hey, God, how about I just let you do this one? (laughs) Guess what? How about we let God do this one? How about we get a hold and we take hold of the word of God? We stop trying to debate, to reason, to argue, to explain. We stop trying it and we just start loving Jesus again, loving each other, declaring his glory, declaring his faith, believing God, having fun. And let's just make the world mad because we're having fun and because we're rejoicing. And nothing that they can say or do is going to bother us. And we just keep loving them and they can't handle it. We just keep loving them, keep doing good things for them. Amen? We just keep doing good stuff. Isn't that awesome? Just make them mad. I love it. I love it. Glory to God. Now, here's the thing. God always shares us to do something bigger than ourselves. And God's calling us because now it looks like, wow, what are we going to do? What are they going to say? There's all this unknown. You know what? We're just going to love Jesus. We're going to love Jesus. We're going to love God. And we're going to reach out and touch lives. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing for the past year and a half. Amen. Since May of 2020, when we kicked back and came in strong and said, we're done. We're going to do this. No matter what happens, we're having church. No matter what goes on, I'm going to be here. Whether you guys come, I'm going to be here. We're going to always be watching too, but we're going to be here. And no matter what's been said, no matter what comes down the pike these next three or four months, doesn't matter what goes on. I don't really care. I really don't. I didn't care before. Says, what are you going to go? No, no, I pray. I'm praying. I'm praying more now for our governor. I'm praying more now for our president. But I don't care if his patience is running thin. I don't care about his patience. I absolutely could care less because that's totally wrong. That's not his job. That's not anybody's job to tell us how to live. It's not even my job to tell you how to live. Tell you what the Word of God says. You do your own living. Amen. Period. We did, that's not, it's not that God, God made us, you know, individual people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But anyways, so we thank God that we've got to take hold of the word of God. And if we'll follow God, then we're going to see the power and the presence of God. Because the fear of God's going to come. Because God's going to fight our battles. And there are going to be people dropping dead. Period. There's going to be people that, because God's going to know you, you, you know, you didn't, you're not, you're not doing right things. We're just going to, you know, we're going to be gone. They are, because God's plan is going to come out. God's glory, God's going to get the glory, God's going to get, and God's going to finish what he's doing, and God's going to do it, and the power of the Holy Ghost, amen? We need to to realize that, that God's going to fight our battles. The battle's not ours, but it's the Lord's, amen? Hallelujah. I mean, we see this, but what we need to do is we need to jump up because what happens is, is that we allow what's been going on. What's, I mean, there's been so much. There's been so much that has distracted us. And now it's like, okay, the world is crazy. Okay, the world is crazy. It's not going back to normal. People need Jesus now more than ever. They need peace. 
They need the things of God. Hallelujah. We need glory to God. And you know what? We need to dream again. We need to rise up and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Do I believe Jesus is coming back? Yes. Soon. Yes, because he has to. He has to. The word of God says that the generation that sees Israel become a nation, Jerusalem won back, that generation will not pass away until the Lord Jesus comes back, until the Messiah comes back, until the second coming of the Lord Jesus. We know that the rapture is signless, but the second coming you know, has many signs. There's 60, 70 signs uh, of, of the second coming of Jesus, and it's all laying out, all getting into place. And in 1948, you know, Israel became a nation. 1968, Jerusalem was won back. So whatever you want to say is your generation, whether it's 80 or 120, because we know it's at least 80, because we've already passed the 60 and the 40. That's why if you were saved back in 1988, there was 88 reasons why Jesus was coming in 88. Okay, and then it was 60, you know, there was, you know, in 2008, there was, you know, so many reasons why he was coming then, because that was a generation. Amen. So whether you believe it's 80, 80 or 120, we know he's coming back. Amen? You know, I happen to believe that it's 80. With all of my, I do, I believe it's 80. So I believe by 2028, something has to happen. Whether God is nice and says we wait till right then and then we get taken out of here and then everything starts because of his mercy and his grace, that's up to him. You know, but he could do it right now because it's 21. Seven years we're going to be in heaven because of the tribulation. So he could do it this year. He could do it right now if he wants to. And it'd be perfect. And I'd be happy. And we know he's going to come during the Feast of the Trumpets. It's going to come during this time. going to come during, you know, September. We know the times and the seasons. We don't know the date and the hour. We have no idea. But we know the times and the seasons. Because he said he was. Amen. Some says, well, we got, you know, that means we should just go, you know, get all of our savings out and go crazy. No. Hallelujah. Because you're going to have seven years of famine if you do that. You better hang on. Hallelujah. And you and like I said, in God's mercy and his grace, you know, here's what takes place. You've got to be ready to do. And I think what we have to do now is, you know, she made a statement and it's about, you know, we're the bride of Christ. And boy, this is all over the place. This is not, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing, but this came, and I think because we were talking and praying, but that the bridegroom went away, and so, but the bride has to be ready because he could come at any time. She has to be ready. She has to, that's why she has to have her lamps all trimmed. She has to make sure she has extra oil. She's ready. She's prepared. We are. We've got to be ready and prepared, expecting Jesus to come. Amen? See, because God wants us to fulfill our future, and our future is bright. It's as bright as the coming of the Lord. It's the bright as the church being taken out of here. And God said he's not going to ever leave us or forsake us. God's plan, God's purpose, I'm telling you, we've got authority on the earth. So how the world just has to stop. They, they want to say, they want to do, they want to they be real loudmouth and everything, but they can't stop the church. They can't stop the church. You got something there? Go ahead. Maria Sotto, 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 Maria
Now, I can interpret that, but I, I just, I'm going to just hold a second and things. Because um, we might as well do a little teaching and training. If God's burning that, there's something in your spirit right now that, that you can interpret that. I'm going to let, I just, I can and I will if nobody else does. Because I understand being an interpreter of the service. But I just sense and feel, because there's, there's an admonishment. It's not a, you know, it, it, the strength of the push of that. But there's an admonishment. So I don't know who might, but I just sensed in my heart. I was going to start out, and the Lord said, no, just wait. I said, okay. I, I, and she's being broadcast every I have no problem. Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Amen. And truly, 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 I say to you, my beloved Zoe, you are in perfect hands. And you are doing the right thing. For I say to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I say rejoice, rejoice for the salvation of the people. The salvation of my loved ones is coming forth, saith God. And I will deal with each one, saith God. For it is my plan, it is my will that none perish. Come on, so yes, I yes. I am dealing with them and I will deal with them more harshly. For you will see, saith God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And know that you are powerful and you are mighty. You are mine, saith God. Mm. My spirit lives within you and it is powerful in you. So I say to you, yes, yes, yes. I will do the work that needs to be done, saith God. Oh, just continue to continue to love me. Continue to come and be with me. Continue to give your hearts to me. Continue to pray. Oh, yes, continue to pray. And I say again, yes, continue to pray. Pray in the Spirit, saith God, for sometimes you don't know how to pray. But I say unto thee, when you pray in the Spirit, you pray in my power. You pray the perfect will that I have, saith God. For yes, yes, I am in control and I have your backs. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I say unto thee, oh yes, look for my peace, saith God. Stay in my peace. And even as you pray in the Spirit, as you pray in the natural, you will stay in that place. You are my beloveds. I say unto thee, this is a joyous time. Find the joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. My joy is your strength, saith God. My son paid the price. Oh, and I will never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Did I not send my spirit to live in you? My Holy Spirit lives in you, my beloveds. So rejoice. Take joy, my love. Do not fret. Do not receive. Do not receive what the enemy is trying to throw at you, saith God. But pray for those that are so duped. Pray for those over oh, they are on their way to hell if someone does not pray. And you see, my beloveds, I love them. And my will is that they not perish, but they come into the kingdom, saith the Lord. Oh, and yes, they yes, will yes. come, saith God. Oh, yes, you will see those yes, yes, that yes. are duped. You will see that some of those will go. But I see it to me, it is time. It is the set time. I am delivering those ones that do not belong to me yet, saith God, that are so duped in what the enemy wants. But I say unto thee, I will show them. I will give them dreams and visions, and you will see the salvation of those that seem so far away. Yes, it yes, is yes. my desire that Hallelujah. all come into Thank the kingdom. You, yes, yes, the time yes. is short. I am coming soon, saith God. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, I am coming soon, and my Hallelujah. son is in great 
great adoration of you, my love. Yeah. So my Thank spirit you, lives in you. My spirit, oh, listen to my spirit in you. So my spirit is yes, rejoicing, yes. and you will rejoice also. I love you, my love. So I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. Thank I am you. powerful and mighty. Oh, you think anything can get past me? Oh, no, no, no. Amen. I am in control, saith God. So rejoice, rejoice. There's no harm that will come to you, saith the Lord. I love you. Oh, how I love you. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Take that into your heart. Take that into your mind. I love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are my beloved. You are mine. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you and praise you. Lord, we magnify you. Because, Father, you do. You admonish us and you are just encourage us and strengthen telling us. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I just thank you for that. I do, I do, I do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you, praise you, Father God. Amen. You know, one of the scriptures that I was going to go to, which is it's in my notes and everything that I wrote down today, uh, was Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, where God says, no, I'm never, 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 ever going to let go of you. I'll never, you know, lose my, relax my hold on you. I assuredly not, will not do that. I won't forsake you. I won't let, let go of you to any degree. Aren't you glad for that? See, because one of the things we have to realize is that just like, you know, Pastor Pam admonished was in the sense of the 10 spies who looked at themselves and saw themselves like grasshoppers. We look at ourselves, oh, there's just way too many. Look at this. Oh, there's just too many. There's just this thing. And it's, what's the use? The use is, is that God's on our side. That we got to keep our eyes focused on God. When we keep our eyes focused on God, God does supernatural things. Amen. We see this, so we go, glory to God, this is awesome, hallelujah, amen? And we thank God for that, because God told us to stand in that. And, 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 I, and I just sensed in my heart, and thank God, you know, for, for Julia and for Carol, because, you know, in that, in what was being said, and what God was one of, is listen, there's going to be a revival, there's going to be a, a, a people getting born again, but the church is going to get and see the power of God. Revival means that you were alive once, so people getting born again is not revival, Amen. It's people getting saved, which is wonderful. The church is getting revived and having revival is the people actually living holy and the people getting hungry for God and people seeing the power and the presence of God on their lives and getting their prayers answered. Amen. We're getting our prayers answered. We're seeing that's why we got to pray. We got to continue to pray. Don't think that your prayers failed. Amen. I mean, you know, how do you know that Joshua... How I many you know that when Moses died, Joshua was thinking, we're all in trouble? <sighs> you know, and what, that's why God comes to Joshua and he says this, hey, my servant Moses is dead. Good, good thing for God. He just slaps him right in the face. <laughs> Moses is dead and you're it. Tag, you're it. Okay. Here we go, you know. And so, you know, Moses, you know, God tells, tells Joshua, listen, I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. I'm going to do this. And the whole people there said, we're going to be with you just like uh, Moses here. We're going to be with you, you know, and we're not going to allow fear. Aren't you glad that we're not going to allow fear to determine what we do? You need to understand that anything that has to do with fear is not of God. 
Anything somebody's saying, well, we're doing this. No, it, 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 it's, it's not anything. Because fear will cause you to make the wrong decisions. Amen. It'll cause bad things in your life. It'll make you, you know. And the problem is that when we, see, we as Christians, we're so sweet. And we are. And, we, and here's another thing. We're very tolerable. We're very, you know, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. We want to. We want to always. We want to do what the Bible says. We want to believe the best. Let me just share something with you. You believe the best of Christians. You do not believe the best of the world. Can I share that with you again? You believe the best of your brothers and sisters. We more see. Well, we flip this because most Christians they don't trust other Christians because they've been ripped off by other Christians. You know, I've had better things with the world. The world, at least, you know, at least I, I'm not expecting him to do anything, see? So what happens, no, but we're supposed to believe the best of each of our body, of the family of God. But for the world, we're not supposed to cast our pearls before swine. We're supposed to reach out and tell them the truth of the word of God. If they don't like it, that just shouldn't bother us. We just go next. They need to share it. See, because we, we, and then we're trying to deal. And listen, we are going back into some things right now that it's going to come out. And into, it, it's, it's, it's a situation where you know, we're going to be the ones. Yeah, we're loving them. We're caring and because of the love of God. But people are going to be barbaric. They're going to be vicious as they are. That They don't have a conscience. Amen. And it's sad. We're going to walk in love. We've got to love them. We've got to pray for them. I'm not telling you we're going to take up arms and go kill people. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that here's the guy. You need to understand as Christians, we need to stand up and let God fight our battles, but we need to stand strong. And we've got to take hold of the truth. If you'll take hold of the truth of the word of God, God's word will become so powerful, so powerful, so powerful, you know, so powerful. And if we'll do that, God will do supernatural things for us. Amen. He really will. He'll do supernatural things. Hallelujah. But we've got to not turn to the right or to the left. And I, you know, asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how did I, you know, you know, he took a country bumpkin, stuck him right in the middle of an inner city thing with all kinds of craziness going on. And it was crazy. It was, it was really something. Okay. And, uh, where we were at and all the things going on and the Lord just spoke to me you know being in there he said you just tell them that I know where they're at and they can't run from me and that I've got your back and of course there's words you could say and do but I found this out is that when you stand up and they know that you believe what you believe that changes everything the devil knows you know what there's things going to be changed and then God can and I've seen people get saved and I thought man wow I never thought they'd get saved you know, we had people here, I, you know, before we had somebody, I had two, two guys come in one time, they said, hey, listen, we heard so-and-so goes to your church, we heard he got saved. I said, well, yeah, he's, he's saved, he's here, because I didn't know anything about his past. They said, well, we came, because we know who he is, we, we know he can't get saved. And he was here, he's in heaven now, but uh, they came in and said, and they just sat, they just looked at him and said, we can't believe it. If you, if, if you can get saved, anybody can get saved. Aren't you glad? Paul said, I was the chiefest of sinners. See, and the only difference between us and the most terrible person in the world is Jesus Christ. And guess what? Just like the Spirit of God just said, there's going to be some get born again that we're going to say, I don't know. 
We're going to see a Saul turn into a Paul. We're going to go, ain't no way. No, no, no. I do that. No, not him. Yeah, that's what the Spirit of God just said. And you watch it. You watch. They're going to put people in position because they know they're going to be terrible and they're going to get saved and it's going to just eat their lunch because they're going to be like, what do we do now? They changed on us. They got a new thing. But here's the thing. I want to talk a little bit about Joshua in the last minute or two here. You know, in, the, in, the, in Joshua chapter one, it talks about, he, he told Joshua all the time, he said, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. God wants us to be strong and courageous because people think, oh, well, you lost or you did this or you didn't get what you thought you were going to get. That doesn't stop us because we know that Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to be strong and courageous and stand and do what the truth says. Stand and do what God says. We be strong and courageous. Hallelujah. Amen. Once we see that, God does supernatural things. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. Now, now in our lives, we're going to get to see the supernatural power of God. Amen. We're going to get to see, hallelujah, God doing, I mean, just like, can you imagine, can you imagine that king never looking in there going, hey guys, hey, hey, y'all want to come out? Can you imagine that? I mean, wouldn't you, I would have all been and wanted to be one of those guys, come on, come walking out, you know, and then there's just three comes out because the fourth man just disappears, man, that's Jesus down there walking with him, he's the fourth man in the fire, they come walking out, and not even the smell of smoke or the smell of fire's on them, and then when the kisser goes, they ain't no God like your God. There ain't no, aren't you going to be glad when, when the enemy tries to put, aren't you, and, and, see, we're getting back to the, where the book of Acts is. We're getting back to where they're going to put you in jail, and, and, and the angel's going to come, and you're going to be out of jail, and going to be back preaching. And they say, well, we thought you put you in jail. You did, but God delivered me. He told me to come back here. And somebody else is going to go tell him, you know those guys you put in jail yesterday? Yeah, well, they're back over the same place you got them. They're back there preaching. Well, now we got to figure this out because everybody knows we got them. We put them in jail. Now they're out of jail. And now they're doing this. Now they're doing that. What are we going to do? And it's going to be like also, like Philip, when he was baptizing, you know, the Ethiopian person, boom, he got caught away. And they're going to be gone. People are going to go, whoa. See, those are New Testament things. And it's the power of God to the word of God. And then that's not crazy stuff. We're going to get to see the power and the presence of God where God does things, where we see what God can do. Because when you stand your ground, God does supernatural things for us. Amen? So here's what we've got to do. What do we have to do? We just got to stay just like Sarah. We've got to rely on the love of God. We've got to get happy, joyful, thanking God for what he's doing. But we've got to establish our heart on God's promises. Amen? Listen, we're going to finish this thing. I mean, I have coffee with Brother Self. I've been having coffee with Brother Self, who's 91 years old, going to be 92. He's our oldest member. And, uh, but we've been having coffee for 20-some years, okay? And if he tells me almost, if he doesn't tell me every week, he's telling me every other week, listen, I was born in the fire, and I ain't going out in the smoke. We're going to do this. 
And he puts me to shame every time. I mean, he witnesses to every single person we come in contact with. He witnesses. We, you know, God bless us, but he likes Starbucks, so we go there. He's watching, and I love him. And he witnesses to everybody. He hands out tracks. He's handed out more cards. We print up more things for him. He gives out more bags of candy, and he shares Jesus with everybody. And I told him, when I, when I grow up, I want to be just like him. You know? You know, and of course he introduces me all the time. This is Pastor Mark. Hey, let's do this. Best church, gotta do this. I'm like, okay, I gotta step up to the plate. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you've got to be that committed and say, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what God's speaking to our heart. Because here's the thing. We're gonna never truly, truly enjoy our Christianity if we don't dive in. If we don't decide, you know what? Forget this. I am going to let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, share with me. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to establish my heart in God's promises, and I'm going to let God be God. And God has a plan for my life. God has what he wants to, and I'm going to tackle that plan. I'm going to tackle it with faith and with strength and with courage and with confidence, boldness, commitment. I'm just going to say, Lord, let's finish this thing. Let's bring back the king. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come back and play the piano for just a second, and then everybody stand up. We're going we're gonna to close, and then we'll take the offering. But I just want to do one thing real quick, okay? Give me two minutes here, just two minutes. Hallelujah. It may go longer, but I'm going to pray for two minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I don't care what you play. Just play. Father, we honor you. Father, thank you for those that are watching, but thank you for those that are here. Father, thank you for your word tonight that you interrupted and you wanted to to remind us that you're still God, that you still love us, and that you are still moving. Even when we don't think that you're moving or even we can't see that you're moving, you're still working, you're still moving. You've got a plan and a purpose. Father, we've come too far to turn back now. We've come too far. We've come too, too far. But Father, we're going to see your glory because we're going to see the glory of the Lord that's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Father, I pray for Harvest Bible Church tonight. Let this be the point and the time right now, September 15th, 2021. Let it be a time where we just set our hearts and mind that God, the people we come in contact with, we're going to affect them. They're not going to affect us. We're going to affect them. Wherever we're at in leadership and in jobs, Father, we're going to touch their lives. And Father, you're going to fight our battles. And Father, we take authority over the enemy because I sense that there's words that have been spoken. But Father, I believe that just as you said in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against us can prosper. And so we take authority over words because you said no weapon formed against us can prosper. And you said every tongue that rises up against us, we shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith God. So Father, I declare the lies of the enemy will cease and I declare that no weapon can prosper. Hallelujah. Father, the truth will be revealed and the power of God will be made manifest in the lives. And Father, they'll be, you'll be there. You'll fight their battles. They won't have to fight. You'll fight their battles and you'll vindicate them. Hallelujah. You'll do it in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for that right now, and I thank you for it now. 
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.